Texas and beyond, a little Ryan Bingham kicking things off for us on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith. Thrilled to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors and all that implies because honestly, there's nothing more exciting than living the wildlife and uh, I'm just tickled to death to be here doing that with you guys and gals today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, so you know what to do by now. It's no secret. Why don't you grab that stool and slide it over a little closer to the campfire here. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat up old thermos, the one that still has mud caked on it from two duck seasons ago. Uh, we've got a lot to get into and we will get the ball rolling here momentarily by talking Big post-spawn largemouths with our good friend Charles Whited of Barefoot Fishing Tours. The guy is on a roll on the Texas tournament scene like uh, I've never witnessed before. Uh, another Texas tournament zone angler of the year title and basically is cash to paycheck in every event that he's fished this year. Uh, and here's the thing. If you're going to book a trip with a guide, why wouldn't you go with the one who is dominating all the other anglers out there, <laughs> when it comes down to it, he's the best there is. Uh, he's actually caught a Toyota Sherlunker and put a client on another one here. That's two Sherlunkers to come over the rail of his boat in the past three seasons now. So uh, anyway, we are excited to have Charles join us. Uh, we'll find out where these fish are staging and what Charles is catching them on, uh, among other things. Then a very special treat, our longtime friend, Corey Knowlton. Uh, you probably know him from TV shows on outdoor channels such as Jim Shockey's The Professionals. Also, last season, uh, he was a co-host of Uncharted with Jim Shockey. And anyway, I, I don't know if you've been stranded or you know marooned on a island in the South Pacific for the last year and a half, and you maybe you haven't heard about Corey's black rhino hunt. Uh, but for everyone else out there, it's been much publicized. Corey purchased the Black Rhino Hunt at the Dallas Safari Club auction back in 2014 at their annual convention. Um, it took over a year to get the permit, plus uh, just hundreds of thousands of hateful comments, death threats uh, unleashed on Corey all over social media. And he has really been in the crosshairs of the anti-hunting community for uh, well over a year now. All that aside, he finally was able to go on that rhino hunt in Namibia. It was filmed by CNN, and we'll get all the details of, of that experience. What emotions did Corey feel when uh, this came full circle, and he actually laid his hands on that big, cantankerous 2,000-pound black rhino? Uh, if he had to do it all over again, would he? Uh, we'll get the answers to all the tough questions coming up here with Corey in just a little bit. Uh, then we will wrap things up by checking in with Linda Powell, the uh, media relations director for Mossberg Firearms. We've got some exciting news uh, to get into with Linda. Uh, we'll hear how her spring hunting season went. Did she harvest any bears up in Alberta? Uh, also, a wood bison hunt that took place in Alberta as well. We'll get into that. And uh, a quick side note on the woodland bison, it's actually the largest North American mammal uh, on our continent. So a pretty cool deal there, and we'll hear all about that. Plus, talk about uh, the, the really exciting news, which is the June Photo of the Month contest. We'll be giving away 
a Mossberg rifle to this month's winner. So we're looking forward to having Linda drop in here at the bottom of the hour. A couple other things to mention. Uh, yeah, like I said, June photo of the month contest going on right now. We've got that Mossberg um, MVP Predator in 223, uh, which we'll be giving away to this month's winner. So send me your best hunting or fishing photo. You can email them to uh, Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Better yet, post them directly to our Facebook page, and we'll get you entered into this month's contest. Then our 12 monthly winners from 2015 will square off at the end of the year for a chance to join me on a trophy, black buck, or axis deer hunt down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. Um, okay, let's do a, uh, you know what, let's do a giveaway. We're going to do a couple giveaways today. We've got some uh, Texas Trophy Hunter extravaganza tickets. We'll give those away later on uh, in the broadcast. But right now, I'm going to clue you in on how you can win your own pair of Costa Del Mar sunglasses. Customize them any way you like. And here's how we're going to do it today. During our interview with Corey Knowlton, when he tells us what caliber rifle he used to hunt that black rhino, uh, text in what caliber it was to 214-289-7807. Text in the caliber that Corey shot the rhino with to 214-289-7807, and we'll get you entered into this morning's drawing. But uh, remember, you have to text in to throw your hat in the ring. So uh, take advantage of that opportunity here this morning. Let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk big post-spawn bucket mounts with our good friend Charles Whited of Barefoot Fishing Tours. You're listening to DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. We were raising cane and swapping songs. Our rights as Texas property owners and sportsmen are under attack by those seeking to divide our community and destroy our way of life. Thousands of Texas families enjoy the precious rights to hunt and manage their wildlife resources. No one person or group should force their viewpoint on you. We have the freedom of choice as the law allows. We must stand together. Texas Deer Association protects the future of our hunting heritage. We are the Texas Deer Association. Join us in saying no to those who seek to divide us. For more information, visit TexasDeerAssociation.com. Hey, y'all, Cable Smith here, and you know how much I love our Texas lakes, but what I've found recently is that Dallas water supply lakes are way down because of the high demand for water combined with the current drought cycle. That's why you have to take a look at the brand new Eagle Shores at Lake Bob Sandlin. Lake Bob Sandlin is actually full, and Eagle Shores has 2.74 acre dockable home sites at 79.9 this weekend only. Call 877-9 Lakeside to schedule a visit. That's 877-9 Lakeside, or go to EagleShoresTexas.com. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motorcars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com 
is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. Are you looking for the perfect place to send your hunting buddy? To check out Tioga Retrievers. With over 20 years experience, Angie and Tim Becker can provide you with a field champion or a well-rounded hunting companion. Tioga Retrievers takes pride in catering to the needs of each owner and their dog. Conveniently located 45 miles north of DFW in Aubrey, Texas, Tioga Retrievers also offers day training and boarding. Call 940-440-0018 or visit them online at www.tiogaretrievers.com. That's T-I-O-G-A retrievers.com. Hi, this is Elite Series Pro Alvin Jones. Welcome back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Without me, I'm doing fine with my third pound test line. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep the sand out of my beard. Well, the redfish seem happy here like they ain't got a thing to fear. Washing down with that cold beer. They don't seem Love that one there, Trey Clark's Waste some Time bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith, riding shotgun with you. Thank you so much for sharing a part of your day with me. Uh, there's a bajillion things you could be listening to, and uh, it means a lot to me that you are living the wildlife with me right here, right now, today. Um, before we talk some big post-spawn largemouths, uh, this segment of the program is brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit, who since 1917 has assured their borrowers competitive interest rates on real estate loans, rural home loans, livestock, and farm and ranch loans. Let Lone Star Ag Credit help you finance your piece of Texas today by visiting LoneStarAgCredit.com. Well, let's go ahead and talk some bucket mouths now with uh, our longtime friend, the man who has just absolutely crushed the Central Texas tournament scene this year on a hot streak like uh, I've never seen before. It's my pleasure to welcome back our good friend, Charles Whited of Barefoot Fishing Tours. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Always a pleasure. Hey, I guess first of all, uh, congrats on winning another Texas Tournament Zone Angler of the Year title. How many is that now? And I think that's two and a couple bass champs. We were excited, you know, yeah. one of those deals. We, we had a real good year. We fished five tournaments and got two first, two seconds, and a 10th place, I think. Yeah. Good and bad. Oh, yeah, and you cashed a nice check on a Bass Champs event, too. Yeah, we had a, we had a, the last two months have been real good to me and my partner. Yeah, <laughs> y'all are cashing paychecks, it seems like, every time you put your boat in the water, so. <laughs> uh, oh, and then just, you know, you fish the casual, you know, working man, you know, Wednesday night tournaments, too, and I know you got a big bass last Wednesday, saw on your Facebook page, just under 10 pounds. Yeah, we had a 983 out of Lake Austin. It's starting to spit out some big ones. Uh-huh. Awesome. Had, had a few guide trips there. We had we had several fish over five to seven pounds. Well, so what's been the key uh, to your hot streak you've been riding here essentially for uh, all of 2015? Yeah, I don't know. We just... I mean, it's we, hard we to stay that consistent. 
It is. We've been catching a big fish. We've been really, I don't know if it's luck or just staying on it, but we've been getting a five-plus pounder every tournament, and that's that's hard to do in Central Texas. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Um, well, you know, one of our listeners, Phil Lamb, he's up here from the, the uh, North Texas area. He came down and fished with you last week, and it uh, looks like he and his buddy had a great time, and y'all caught uh, some nice fish. What, was that on Lake Austin as well? Yeah, we went on Austin. I think we had an eight and a six and lost another good one. We wrapped up the day with a really good crappie trip. They wanted to take some fillets home. Awesome. You know, it was a really good day. Good fishermen, though. That helps. Yeah. Well, and you, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago, you actually set the Lake Austin uh, record for crappie. Yes, it was. Just under two pounds, you know, around the central area. We don't have them some big crappie like the north and the south but um yeah it was just under two pounds it was a good one well yeah and and i'm just going back to a post on social media um when you guys first started catching them this spring people were like there's crappie in lake austin (laughs) yeah yeah, i mean it's kind of like an undiscovered little resource there and and, you know it is it's it's been my most consistent and the average crappie is a pound pound and a quarter i mean we have very few throwbacks Uh uh-huh awesome um we're getting back to the, the largemouth here. Um, how has this 20-year flood that we've seen throughout much of Texas here over the last couple of weeks, how has that affected the bite? And I know a lot of your central Texas lakes, the hill country lakes, are, uh, you know, um, constant water level. So it might not be the same as up here, like, you know, say Lake Fork or Lake Ray Roberts. But have you seen that? that uh, I'm, I'm sure that it's definitely changed the, uh, the clarity of the water. Have you seen that affect the bite? You know, it's, eventually it's going to help everything. Right now it did slow it down. Those bushes, they'll be good and then they'll sour, but they create a really huge filter. It'll clear the lakes up too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get all that brush, it'll clear the lakes up. I mean, right now I'm, I'm real fortunate. I got four or five constant level lakes I can guide on. And uh, I've been hitting those till these till these lakes. Like right now, just for example, Canyon Lake, they're releasing 10 inches a day out of it. Wow. So those fish are going to be really hard to catch because they're getting up in the green stuff, and then all of a sudden, the next day, that water's gone. You just really have to adapt every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it there eventually will stable out, and you'll be able to go out and have a really good summer topwater bite, spinnerbait bite, mm-hmm. whatever you like throwing in the bushes. It's going to be a, It's going to be a fun summer. Right. So, yeah, it definitely spreads those fish out and, and it's harder to stay on them, like you said. Um, well, go back to, uh, you know, your hill country lakes there, uh, LBJ, Austin. Um, where are you finding most of your fish uh, in those lakes as far as what depth and, and areas that you're targeting? I know uh, last time we visited, uh, you're really hitting the, uh, you know, windblown points where shad was, uh, you know, really in there thick and and not just bass but you know hybrids and every other predatory fish yeah that that kind of slowed off a little bit on the on the highland lakes just for example lbj we're staying in that six to twelve foot grass line edge mm-hmm. and on uh on the uh on the other lakes you know they're they're kind of moving a little bit deeper just just grinding you know any structure or any creeks that had any water flow that was pushing through it really stacks them in the mouth of the creeks when you got current. And like, for example, Lake Austin, we were we were bouncing around just fishing any any creek that had a 
any big creek that at the mouth that had a little bit of flow, you know, any any flow had all the bait out in the mouth, it, and that was really a good pattern. Hmm. Okay. Right on. And and are you fishing fast or slow right now, as far as you know how you're working your bait? You know, early and late, you can really get a good crankbait bite, spinnerbait bite, but. A lot of our big fish have been dragging just a big 10-inch worm or, or a Senko, just keeping it on the bottom uh-huh. and uh, just grinding out the, the structure you got in your, on your deep spots too, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, let me ask you this, because not every, I mean, obviously, you know, not everyone's a guide and, and take it another step, you know, not everyone fishes competitively in tournaments, but you know, for the average guy out there listening this morning, he maybe only has two or three bass rigs. What line and pound test would you recommend? If you could just, if you're just going to go to Cabela's and buy just one, you know, spool, what would you say is the most versatile and what would you recommend, you know? Uh, around uh, any type of fluorocarbon, mm-hmm. but, you know, around 14 pound, 12 pound, because all these lakes got a lot of pressure and fluorocarbon will get you more bites. So I would definitely get some 12 or 14 pound fluorocarbon on your bait casts and on your spinning reels just to throw out there just some type of wax coated uh fire line or berkeley nano line with a fluorocarbon leader is is your best bet okay um no doubt okay um i guess one more thing let's go back to to baits you, you talked about uh crank baits being pretty effective right now um what what patterns what colored patterns on your crankbaits, or are you having the most success with night right now? I'm back to that time of year where it's it's all shad pattern, sexy shad type, mm-hmm. and then I go to a perch pattern because the perch are up shallow, and any type of perch or shad pattern is all I'm using right now. And a, and there is some citrus colors that are played in, you know, on the overcast days and all that. Uh huh. But it's three three crankbaits right now, shad, perch, and citrus, and and you can't go no wrong at this time of year with those colors. Right. Well, Charles, let me ask you this, because one of my favorite uh, baits to throw, especially, you know, well, I'm fishing a lot of ponds but uh, or small lakes, uh, I like to throw a crappie, like a big crappie or perch-looking swim bait. Um, do you ever throw those big, you know, those giant swim baits um, on your boat? Uh, yes, I do, especially early in the year when the water's a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. You know, January, February, March, April, a lot of swim bait goes on in my boat. And, you know, like on LBJ, if you got a hydrilla, milk oil on your lakes, you can catch them on swim baits year-round. Okay. Or skipping on their docks, anywhere there's shade, you, you can definitely do it. And you, well, you mentioned the perch are up shallow. I was just wondering if you throw any, you know, big perch swim baits this time of year. No, you know, not really perch swim baits. That's not really my deal. I know a lot of people, they might, but, you know, just a regular green pumpkin or watermelon fluke or anything like that will get you more bites and you know you, you don't miss fish on them you can really you can really hammer down on them that's what i would do right on kind of go through the bites this time of year and the big ones come along it's hard to fish big when the water temperature is that warm except for maybe that first hour in the morning well great insight today on uh what our what our texas bass are up to i did want to let you uh mention i know you've got uh you've got a lot of big hogs running around out there in uh in Throckmorton. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, summertime's a great time to go hog hunting. Obviously it's a morning and evening thing. Uh, They're not moving around either people in the heat of the day, but, uh, 
you know, yeah. those pigs come out starting around dusk, and I know you've got quite a few big ones. Yeah, no doubt. We got we got some really big hogs. Uh, we got lodging, um, you know, the stand feeders year-round and uh, mixed in, you know, coming time to book your dove hunts. I know it's a little early, but it's it's really time to book your dove hunts and, and get that open and weekend and, and get all that rolling, get it in the books. There's only so many spots out there, you know. Yeah, and that's going on in Throckmorton. Uh, yes, Throckmorton, and then I have a place in Dublin, Texas, where the dove is unbelievable. I got a really good place there, kind of close to Stephenville, and uh, a few other places, you know. But those are the main ones I'll be at opening weekend. Perfect, perfect. Now, folks can find you by going to your website, barefootfishingtours.com, and if you wanted to give your phone number, if anybody wants to give yes, you a call, yes, sir. Uh, area code five one two five five seven six seven seven two. Excellent. Well, hey, Charles, congrats again on another Angler of the Year title. Uh, great stuff as always, and we look forward to uh, touching base with you again here in a couple weeks. All right, man. Looking forward to it. Take care. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. So there he goes, our good friend Charles Whited of Barefoot Fishing Tours, and that fishing segment, by the way, was proudly brought to you by the first-ever Corpus Christi Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza. We'll still have the Houston of Fort Worth and San Antonio extravaganzas this summer, but also brand new for this summer, uh, the Corpus Christi show, which will take place August 7th through the 9th at the American Bank Center in Corpus. And uh, let's go ahead and give away a pair of tickets to that event, or actually uh, these you can use for the Houston, uh, Fort Worth, San Antonio, or Corpus show. And uh, we'll give these tickets away uh, to the third person to text in the word redfish. That's redfish to 214-289-7807. Text in the word redfish to 214-289-7807. And uh, you could win a pair of tickets to the Texas Trophy Hunters Extravaganza in the location of your choosing. Uh, Let's knock out a quick break. Coming up next, uh, something I'm very excited about. Our good friend Corey Knowlton will join us. Um, We'll recap how the most famous hunt in modern history finally went down we recap his Namibian black rhino hunt coming up only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor show I lived in Corpus with my brother we were always on the run we were bad for one another but we were good at having Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. 
you're in the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas, Louisville, Bobcat of Fort Worth, and Bobcat of Longview. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. At LSC Trailer Sales, we offer a full line of utility trailers from small single axle trailers to heavy equipment trailers, ATV trailers, car haulers, landscape trailers, cargo trailers, truck beds, and more. We can special order a custom trailer specific to your needs and have the ability to customize standard models in-house. LSC Trailer Sales is here to assist you with any questions you might have about trailers. Call 940-484-5500 or visit us at lsctrailersales.com. Finally, quality trailers at affordable prices in Dallas-Fort Worth. Do you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease? We have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. I miss your smile, miss your touch I miss your small town way of love I miss the way my life was spent When every day was heaven sound I miss the way that you Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors Show. Brought to you by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. That's Ryan Bale's band, uh, Smiles, the name of that one. One of my uh, favorite tunes there, and sadly, no idea what happened to that band. Uh, they haven't updated their Facebook page since uh, 2010, and nobody seems to know what happened to the Ryan Bale's band, but uh, they are still MIA. Uh, looks like they've gone the way of the passenger pigeon, unfortunately. Uh, moving on here, though, we are about to be joined by our longtime friend, uh, one of the more popular figures from the outdoor community. You've seen him on Outdoor Channel uh, recently, the last year and a half. Uh, he's been all over the news, The uh, really the face of the anti-hunting movement, and at the same time carrying the load, uh, so to speak, for the hunting community, Corey Knowlton will join us to talk about his black rhino hunt, the uh, ever-controversial hunt uh, that he went on last month. Finally, it had been a long time coming. Uh, but before we get into that with Corey, this segment of the show is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Uh, we'd love for you to get involved with our organization made up of like-minded folks passionate about conservation, hunter advocacy, and education. All you have to do is uh, visit Big Game. Org. There's lots of great info on there, and uh, we'd love for you to get plugged in. Well, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it here. It's uh, widely become known as the most famous hunt ever, and for sure in modern history. Uh, we're talking about Corey Knowlton and his uh, black rhino hunt, of course, which actually just took place in Namibia uh, last month. 
It had been a long time coming. He had to jump through hoops from the anti-hunting community as well as the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, acquiring the permit to bring the rhino back into the United States uh, was a major hassle. But it all finally came together. Corey went on the hunt. It was filmed by CNN, and we're going to get into all of that right now. It is my pleasure to welcome Corey back to the show. Thanks, Fable. It's been a while, but uh, we are certainly glad to have you. And um, I guess, first of all, you know, rhino completely aside, uh, how in the world have you been? Been doing really good. Um, everything's going really well. And, you know, it's, it's going better now that that is, you know, every day is another day, another day that's kind of past me, to be honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, feeling pretty good right now. Well, I appreciate you, uh, you know, being being willing to uh, go back down that road again for us, uh, I know our listeners and and DSC appreciate that. So uh, it means a lot to us uh, because I know you're tired of talking about it. So, um, but no, it's okay. I mean, I, I like talk. I'll tell you what. Every time I talk to somebody, it's a different point of view. People, it's not the same questions every time, and you hit a different bunch of listeners because there's. It's not like everybody in the world watches CNN or everybody in the world listens to NPR radio or something. Mm-hmm. So. I'm happy to talk to you know whomever about it. Awesome. Well, uh, we do appreciate it. But you know, before we get into that, I did want to just kind of maybe get a couple highlights of your hunting season. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Uncharted um, was a big success. Uh, you and Jim Shockey on Outdoor Channel, uh, phenomenal uh, cinematography on that show. Probably one of the best, maybe the best hunting show I've ever seen as far as uh, the footage is concerned. Um, but you know, how was your hunting season? And I know, I think I saw a picture on Facebook of a, a monster mule deer you got out in West Texas. I mean, that had to be a, a hell of a hunt as well. You know, I think, you know, this year I had a pretty good year. Um, I actually went to Africa a couple times and um, then guided some sheep hunts. And, you know, I think, I don't know, I think I took a nice deer out there. I don't think I took a, a real big monster deer. I can't remember really. And then, uh, and then, and, August we were we went on a big family trip to Tanzania got my daughter her first Cape Buffalo so that was pretty much the coolest thing uh that I've been a part of in hunting you know and she was eight years old so and wow. for her to shoot that by herself with a 375 H&H is pretty wild so that was pretty pretty amazing year really I'm surprised it didn't knock her over no man we we kind of had a light load and had a double butt pad and a muzzle brake on it by the time the times you shot it it really was probably about i guarantee you kick less than a 243 wow wow well congrats. it was pretty loud and her i mean that as a father uh that's uh something to be proud of for sure well let's go ahead and, and get into uh last month's black rhino hunt in Namibia, um, a hunt that you bought at the 2014 uh, dallas safari club convention and this was a long time coming. Tons of hang-ups along the road. I mean, obviously, the permit process with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service was a pain in the rear, um, you know, as far as getting that rhino back into the States once you harvested it. Um, but, not. I mean, obviously, that proved to be a, a major thorn, but the publicity generated by this one specific hunt, it's been like nothing we've, we've seen ever. You know, when you talk about one specific hunt, it, we've never seen anything like this with animal rights activists, anti-hunting groups, and, and the like, you know. Um, and you knew there would be backlash when you bought the hunt. So take us back to, you know, the decision process of, you know, 
what made you decide to bid on it? Because, you know, a lot of other bidders, you know, uh, it seems like they were run off essentially before the auction occurred. That's what made me bid on it. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I ran everybody else off and John Jackson of Conservation Force came to me and said that all of the bidders that he had talked to were no longer interested in bidding in it mm-hmm. and asked me if I would bid on it, and I said that I would. And these other hunters just didn't – I guess they weren't willing to take all of the – it's a major responsibility. I mean, you became the face of, of anti-hunting basically everywhere and also the face of the hunting community. Um and I guess the other guys, that wasn't something they were interested in, and and you know you kind of stepped up to the plate. Well, there. I, I don't know that that's fair. I don't know that that's necessarily fair. Let's put it this way: I can just speak for a couple of them, and 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 I, not really speak for them, just tell you their situations. A couple of those guys own very big businesses that are popular businesses that people know about. Okay, and I think they had to make a decision. You know, the, uh, these people have made contributions big contributions to conservation before. And I think they had to make a decision was doing this certain take undertaking this certain hunt or this certain contribution going to be worth the possible backlash that would be on their businesses and their employees. You know, if you owned a certain business, would you want your place, you know, boycotted or protested or hacked? Right. Um, whatever that you're going to put up with because of it. I think they just, figured they'd live to fight another day and to their credit they knew a lot more about it than what i did because it turns out they did because i was pretty naive about it i thought that you know i believed that my name wasn't going to come out immediately i believe it would only come out when the permit process started taking place and we saw that that wasn't the case it was leaked out that night and um and then two days later you know history tells the tale yeah well i mean to the point where the the death threats got into the you know tens of hundreds of thousands on social media. I mean, the FBI had to get involved. You've got security at your house at this point just for you and your family's safety, uh, sense of mind, peace of mind. Did you ever want to consider asking for your money back and just you know saying forget it, it's not worth it, and just washing your hands of the whole thing? No, <laughs> I didn't figure you did. Not once. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean. At that point, to be honest, I kind of felt like bullied, you know, and and I felt like, I mean, I don't know the better way, if there's a better way to stand this, I, I mean, to say this, but I just felt like little people bunch up and big people stand up, and I felt like a bunch of little people were bunched up against me, and, you know, because of the social media aspects of today's world and the way they can do it, they get on there and they type 50 or 75 characters in their iPhone and they feel like they've done something. And the truth is they've done absolutely nothing for conservation, for sure. They may have hurt your feelings if you allow it to. And, uh, I mean, those were the vast majority of the type of things that I would get. You know, there was only a handful of real, like, Class A death threats. Most of them were, if you do this, if you kill the rhino, I'll kill you. If you, um, you know, I hope you die, I hope you get stomach cancer, you know, karma is going to get you all these types of things, which I mean, honestly, they mean nothing. Now, if you let it get to you and just say, Hey, well, I mean, I, it, uh, there was times where I felt all of a sudden just didn't feel very good as a person because I mean, throughout my life, everybody treated me like I'm a pretty good guy and I've treated people pretty well. And, you know, the average person isn't used to having, you know, a certain 
group in society not have happy with you, no, no matter how wacky <laughs> they are. Right. And there isn't anybody wackier than animal rights and 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 um, anti hunting groups. Oh. You know, they're just they're just a, they're just a bunch of nutballs, really. And some of them are just misinformed, and that's one thing. But some of them are really militant psychopaths, and it's a it's their religion. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I got the full weight of that put on me. Oh, for sure. And these are people who uh, they preach acceptance, and then at the, you know, out of the other side of their mouth, they wish you know death on hunters, and 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 we're not like that. You know, it's kind of a, a live and let live thing for you and I. You know, just uh, it does, never makes any sense to me. But back to the rhino situation in in Africa. I mean, these things are. Uh, you know, I think there's 25,000 or so of them left across the African landscape. Well, there's 20, there are over 20,000 white rhino mm-hmm. and over 5,000 black rhino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and here's the sad thing is when you, when you talk about poaching, um, everything that I've read says they're losing, you know, three to five rhinos per day in Africa due to poaching. A lot of that's in South Africa, but uh, I mean, when you're talking about only, you know, 5,000 black rhinos, 20,000 white rhinos, that's not sustainable if you're losing that many a day. You know, it it, it depends on any given spot. And, and the poaching that's happening, especially in South Africa, it's, it's different methods for different places, different amount of poaching incidents for different amount of, of, of places. For instance, Greater Kruger Park, which is the private land that borders Kruger, um, they've got a pretty big presence of anti-poaching and a pretty high instance of catching those who do poach. Okay. And uh, I mean, I was there earlier in the year and they shot one, they shot a poacher while I was there. And then I talked to them again and they had shot three and apprehended five, like in the 60 days since I was there. Poachers, poachers, um, not, not right yeah. Poachers, yes, yes, absolutely. They're shooting the poachers. Good. And they're becoming very, very effective at getting them. Okay, I mean, the poaching of a rhino isn't like a quiet event. A gun goes off, even though they they build homemade suppressors, and um, it's then you got to hack that horn off. So they have people all over the place listening. Then you hear the gun go off, and then you wait till they hear the hacking, and then they get them. And in in those areas in Greater Kruger Park, which is a, a minuscule amount of area compared to uh, the real Kruger Park, right? Uh, the Kruger National Park, it's a huge, much larger area, and it's harder to defend it. And I can't remember the exact numbers of rhino that are in there. Maybe it's around a thousand or so that's in Kruger. Um, you know, there's more of them there. It's more remote, and you have that big, long border with Mozambique. Mm-hmm. So, so all those those areas have different challenges and different amounts at different given times. So, I think it's hard to say, yeah, there's three every day or five every day. You know, it, it, it's it's a it, it's probably really a harder thing to pinpoint the exact numbers and times when those things are happening. Right. Well, I mean, but it's significant. Whatever the, whatever the number it, is, it, it is it is it is significant. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and it's definitely more significant on the white rhino side of things than black rhino. Right. I mean, I can tell you by being around white rhino, they're much more docile. By being around black rhino, they're very aggressive. Uh-huh. So it's two different situations altogether. Right. Right. Well, yeah, and and that was the cool thing is, I mean, it, all of this money um, is going to 
back into Namibia to help them fight poaching uh, and, and yep. help. It's actually the Namibian Game Products Trust Fund, what it's called. Everybody mm-hmm. keeps saying, oh, it's just going to the Namibian government. They're going to pocket it. It's going into a trust fund that the money is only supposed to go towards habitat enhancement, rhino protection, anti-poaching, all of those things. Right. So so it, it's been very clear where that was going from the beginning, even though I feel like I'm still defending it. But. Yeah, which is crazy in and of itself. I mean, going on a year now, uh, folks just don't want to listen to facts or logic. But, uh, Corey, we do need to take a quick break. We've still got a lot to get into, including the hunt itself. Uh, what was it like? being face-to-face with a cantankerous 2,000-pound black rhino bull. Uh, I know he wasn't easy to take down, took uh, (laughs) quite a few very large caliber bullets. Also, CNN had a crew out there to film the entire hunt. I want to get your thoughts on uh, whether they truly gave an unbiased and factual account uh, of that hunt and the circumstances surrounding it. Uh, So we'll get into all of that with Corey coming up after the break. Uh, that segment, by the way, probably brought to you by Rudy's True Texas-Style Barbecue. Y'all don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more from Corey Knowlton on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Baby, let me take you down to Mexico. There's a piece of heaven I want to show you. I got a little honey in the money sack. You don't need to pack. Baby, we could do a little living like the locals do. Tucked away. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Hey y'all, Cable Smith here, and you know how much I love our Texas lakes, but what I've found recently is that Dallas water supply lakes are way down because of the high demand for water combined with the current drought cycle. That's why you have to take a look at the brand new Eagle Shores at Lake Bob Sandlin. Lake Bob Sandlin is actually full, and Eagle Shores has 2.74 acre dockable home sites at 79.9 this weekend only. Call 877-9-LAKESIDE to schedule a visit. That's 877-9-LAKESIDE, or go to eagleshorestexas.com. Rockwall Gun Club is North Texas' premier shooting facility, offering both indoor and outdoor ranges, including a unique 500-yard rifle range. If shotgunning's your thing, then check out the 18-station clay course. Opening summer 2014, Rockwall Gun Club is offering special introductory family and corporate membership rates for founding members. Located at 15950 State Highway 205, you can also visit rockwallgunclub.com or call 972-215-6902. Rockwall Gun Club, the private shooting experience. At Frost, we could talk to you about our 24-7 online banking. Or we could talk to you about our more than 1,100 ATMs across Texas. We can even talk to you about our mobile banking app that lets you pay bills, transfer funds, and deposit checks from anywhere. But at the end of the day, there's nothing we enjoy more than to just talk to you. Thank you for calling Frost. How may I help you? We're here with the technology and convenience you want and the service you deserve. Frost. Banking. Investments. Insurance. 
Larson Electronics is a Texas-based lighting company that's been outfitting the United States military since the 1960s. And while they continue to support our troops, they also now have over 200 lights ideal for your hunting and fishing needs, like the 35-watt HID camouflage Go Light Striker with remote that's 15 million candle power in the palm of your hand. Ideal for predator and hog hunting, they also have remote-controlled floodlights, feeder lights, and LED boat lights. Visit LarsonElectronics.com and go texting with Larson Electronics for all your lighting needs. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. I'm Bay Five from Gun It on Sportsman's Channel, and you're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Well, the thunder in my head might go away, and a river pain flow back to sea. Sturgill Simpson bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. I'm your host, Cable Smith. There is no place I'd rather be than talking, hunting, and fishing with you. And we are actually uh, visiting with our friend Corey Knowlton this morning regarding his world-famous and controversial black rhino hunt that took place uh, last month. But before we pick it back up with Corey, this segment is brought to you by Hercules Hunting Blinds. I'm not kidding. They're the Taj Mahal of Texas deer blinds. They come with carpet, cup holders, and windows for both bow and rifle hunters. Plus, they are priced for the working man to be able to take advantage of. So visit HerculesHuntingBlinds.com to see for yourself. Uh, well, let's go ahead and jump back into it here with Corey Knowlton, who was nice enough to stick around through the break. And Corey... Let's pick it up with CNN filming the hunt, how they got hooked up with you, uh, you know, because I honestly feel they did a fair and unbiased job of reporting and covering the hunt. So how did that all come about? Okay. In the very beginning of it, I was inundated with people saying they wanted to go on the hunt. And I myself, I don't know, you know how many of your listeners well, know. Well, crap, I missed my, cho- I, my I, chance I, I, then. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, bo- I booked <laughs> I've booked hunts for years, okay, and sent people around the world and guided hunts all over the world. So I kind of knew that these people had no idea when I'm talking to somebody in New York or London what they were getting into by saying, hey, I want to go on a black rhino hunt. I thought the idea of having it filmed an international news agency was a really good idea from the beginning, but the battle was finding the right people to do it. Mm-hmm. So the local CNN guys who uh, were guys named uh, Ed Lavendera and, uh, and his producer, Jason Morris, they did a piece, uh, a written piece on it as soon as it came out. And I really felt like their written piece was extremely unbiased and was really good. And I felt when I was talking to those guys that they really believed in telling the true story. And so they said, hey, we're kind of interested in it. And then after a period of time, they called me back and said, you know, I don't think they're willing to spend the money for us to go there. And uh, and I was like, well, that's fine. You know, I'm fine if y'all come, if y'all don't come. And uh, 
there had been a lot of other people that wanted to go, but these were the guys that I kind of felt had it to go, you know, they were the right, had the right mindset to do it. Mm -hmm. And so when the permit got issued, um, I just said, I sent him a message. I said, I'm going to go. If y'all want to go, you know, I told you that you have an option to go. And they called me back and said, let's go eat lunch. And we went down to Rudy's over there in front of Cabela's and sat down and talked about it. And they were able to put it together and they came and, uh, you know, Ed's just a Dallas guy went to Jesuit and graduated UT. So, you know, it's not like it being around hunters is foreign to him, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't necessarily a hunter himself. But he's very open-minded to it and wasn't judgmental about it. And I really felt that he had a mindset just to report the facts, not to get on one bandwagon or another. And to be honest, once that came out, he was really, really criticized by the anti-hunting because he just didn't come out and blatantly attack me like what they wanted to see. Right. He went over there. He filmed the hunt go down or, you know, or, or reported the hunt going down, did film a lot of it. And then the rhino actually charged him and, and he did a really good job of, of going to the right place at the right time. He, uh, he ran straight between Hinty, the PH and I, and brought the rhino straight to us. If he'd have gone a different direction, that rhino would still be wearing him today, I think, on his horn. And um, it was a really close situation. But And the Cowboys been watching Ed right then. They would have picked him up because I don't know what Ed weighs. He was a big guy, but he was flying. Yeah. So any, anyway, he flew right underneath the rifle, and, and then we were able to shoot the, shoot the rhino. So he did a really, really good job. And, you know, did exactly everything they said they would do. They went over there and reported it and worked their butt off. And, you know, he walked. It took us, I don't know, in three days, we walked well over 20 miles um, tracking that rhino. And he walked the whole time. Hmm. So he he was in it. You know, he was very involved in, in the hunt. Well, you know, being on camera in a hunting situation, I mean, obviously, that's something you're very accustomed to. been doing it for years and years. Um, was it different having guys who were more of a news outlet? I mean, did did they know what they were doing as far as filming a hunt? We went out and filmed a hunt for uh, just a heart of beast. Uh, I'm sorry, a wildebeest. Uh, the first day we got there, so the first time they saw a dead animal or, you know, the first hunting experience wouldn't be with something so dangerous. And, you know, they kind of got it. But I brought a cameraman with me, and he's the one that ended up filming the actual hunting part go down and Ed had a bunch of cameras on himself doing the best he could because we had to make the party small and the, the producer and, and his cameraman, it just was getting too noisy. We just, mm-hmm. it wasn't that they were bad or whatever. It's just, there was just too many people. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, they did as good a job as they could. That's for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, I thought everything pieced together. It was, it was uh, very well produced. Um, you've chased dangerous game all over the world. Um, you name it, you've hunted it. How did this black rhino hunt stack up to the others as far as, you know, I mean, how dangerous it was? As far as a non-wounded animal is absolutely the most dangerous hunt that I've ever been on. Wow. As far, you know, outside of like being on a mountain where you can fall, but the animal itself, absolutely the most dangerous animal that I've been involved with. And y'all were 15 yards from it. You could not hear it in the woods. Yeah, Yeah, you could not hear it in the woods at all. It moved around like a cotton ball. And in, when it would move, it was like lightning, you know? I mean, I only saw the black rhino the entire hunt for probably a very maximum time of three seconds. Hmm. Wow. 
So they're very elusive and inquisitive and dangerous animal to hunt. Yeah. And so it charges. It charges, yeah. Yeah. And so what what caliber uh, rifle were you using? Uh, we, both me and the PH had 500 Nitro Expresses. Wow. And I wish I had a 600 Nitro Express outside of carrying it around. I mean, I do have one, but yeah. I didn't want to carry it because it weighs over 16 pounds. Wow. And, you know, but anyway, the, the we both used 500. And so, and so how many shots did it take? And, and these, not because they're bad shots, but just to kill an animal that's that tough. Oh, man. Even, you know, how many? We ended up shooting it definitely more than five times. I shot it the first two times. Um, when you see it, for those of you who've actually seen the footage, it comes in. And I block where you can't see the rhino when the first shot happens. And you see the rhino run. I pulled the gun down because I thought it was gone. Then I saw it and I popped it in. And then I shot it again. I hit it both those times. The PH then shot, missed, because he was just shooting at brush, mm-hmm. moving. And then he shot again. And I saw that when that bullet went through, it, it looked like it just hit it high and then kind of skipped out. And so that would have been three. And then we just shot at a, you know, we we got up on it again and we had a few more finishing shots. And mm-hmm. It was it. So extremely <laughs> tough animal, uh, no doubt. Yeah, very tough. It's a very big animal, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And then we ate it. We ate it as soon as we, um, as soon as we started taking the animal apart, we ate it. Yeah. Awesome. What did rhino meat taste like? Just out of curiosity. It's, I don't know if anybody's hunted elephant, it's definitely better than elephant. You know, everybody, that was a big deal because people were saying, oh, nobody eats rhino meat, you know, and uh, we ate the rhino meat immediately. I don't know where this guy came from, but some dude came out of the woodwork, he had a handful of salt. So we just threw it on the coal and put some salt on it and and uh, and we ate it. And, um, and then we delivered all that meat to those villagers. And it was a pretty amazing experience, man. They had a huge party, and they were overjoyed to have that meet. Mm. And so that was kind of like the exhale moment for me to be, you know, now we've shot the correct rhino, and we've delivered the meat. People said they didn't, you know, eat meat. We're watching them, uh, you know, take the meat, eat the meat. And it was just, that was kind of like, yeah, this is is now done, you know. Mm. People don't realize... A lot of these uh, real remote cultures, um, like like those people, um, they don't get a lot of red meat. And uh, and I'll just go back to a, I was on a mission trip slash peacock bass fishing trip in the Amazon probably ten years ago, and uh, you know what a capybara is? It's a huge rodent. Sure. And uh, they they saw like four or five of them. Just they were in a line swimming across the river, and before you knew it. There was about five guys in dugout canoes with clubs going out there and clubbing those things because these villagers hadn't had red meat in months. And it was pretty surreal to see that, you know, because these, these capybara couldn't go anywhere and they're out there clubbing them over the head. And you're like, what's the big deal? It's just a rodent. But, uh, you know, protein's protein. And well, we that's don't the have problem it. with society today, Cable. Today we get our meat, our <laughs> lamb chops delivered to us in a nice little cellophane package. We that's have right. no relationship with the lamb i mean think about how cute those little lambs are the average guy sees them he's not going to want to go there and kill it and do it you know 75 years ago we were an agrarian society for the most part and uh, and absolutely 100 years ago and those people had a relationship with not only their food but with their crops they knew what it take for those it took for those things to live and they knew the the benefit of them dying today it's 
you know, it's very, very separated and all clean and neat. Mm-hmm. And life isn't always clean and, and neat. And death definitely isn't always clean and neat. So we're separated in a way that we've never been before. And the, and the, and the divide's only growing wider. That's you know, I, I tell people all the time that, that Timon and Pumbaa aren't a meerkat and a warthog. They're two characters that some folks at Disney came up with and gave a personality to. The real Timon and Pumbaa are are animals out there living in a harsh world doing anything to survive. And it's just – our mindsets from a young age are just distorted of what an animal and the, and the cycle of life really are and really mean. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt. Well, one of my best friends is a uh, seventh-grade history teacher in the Allen, Texas ISD. And – he takes these kids on the leadership camp out, his, his, the, the boys on the leadership camp out every year. And he comes to me for venison. He makes chili for these kids. He said nine out of 10 of them have never had wild game. These are seventh graders, boys, nine out of 10 Texans had never had wild game. And I was just blown away by that. Oh, well, it's probably going to get more and more. You know, the Texans that you and I grew up in, it's going to be a fight to keep it in any way, shape, or form for our grandkids. And so it's just the the world that we live in is changing. It's more of an introverted society. I don't want to say a selfish thing, but we look in these phones and we look in these iPads all the time. And I was driving down the road the other day, and I saw a big water snake. And, and I said, there's a snake. And my daughter said, where? And I said, well, you've seen it if you didn't have your head stuck in that iPad. <laughs> yeah. And there's a big world out here. And... Hopefully, you know, this giant shift that we've had this way with technology, there'll be some sort of shift back, I hope and pray, and uh, that where people take the time to smell the roses and get out and do the things that we and our our fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers did and enjoy it and take care of our planet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, I hope that that's the case. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely fighting for it. But I, to be honest, Cable, I feel like in a lot of ways that, the, the hunters are kind of the big, pro- or not the big problem, but kind of an issue in it with the way that the jealousies we have against each other. You know, bow hunters fighting with rifle hunters. I mean, I couldn't tell you how much, how much, uh, you know, hate that I got from hunters themselves just because they wouldn't do this hunt or they wouldn't, um, they don't think it's right. Well, just because you wouldn't do it. And just because you wouldn't spend the money to do it or you think that's stupid or whatever doesn't mean that those things don't need to be done. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, I, I have a bigger fear of hunters turning on themselves than I do the anti hunters and animal rights people taking up, taking hunting from us. I, uh, to be honest with you, just experienced this earlier today. <clears throat> I told you off the air, I went on that black bear hunt, uh, last week in Canada and, uh, here comes one hunter, uh, on my Facebook page saying, oh, you shot him over bait. That's wrong. You shouldn't have done that in Pennsylvania. We don't use bait. And I'm like, well, that's there you great. go. He's like, we do it with hard work. And I was like, listen, buddy, you don't need to tell me about hard work. I'm, I drew a public land archery tag. I'm going to chase elk in New Mexico, uh, coming up here in September. I, I know what hard work is. But that doesn't make the way that I shot this bear over bait or the way that you do in Pennsylvania. No, dude, it's jealousy, and they want to take something from your success. 
It's sad. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's, it, it's, they want to diminish your success and marginalize what you've done. And I'm telling you, in the hunting community, it's too much. And I've got friends that do it. Hell, I've done it. We've all probably done it at some point of time. We've looked at somebody else's success, and we've said, you know, well, if they'd have done it this way or I would have done it that way or whatnot. I mean, man, it has to go. Because what happens is when the guy in Pennsylvania criticizes the way you hunt, it, the anti-hunting community will jump all over it and say, well, look, you're, even your hunting community says this is wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's no different than the high fence debate. Oh, and, you know, and, and it, it goes on and on. And if we allow it to happen, the longer we allow it to happen, and, and the only way you can stop it is by saying, hey, if I'm not going to do it myself, and if I see my friends or my family doing it, I'm going to talk to them about it and explain to them the effect of what they're doing. Yeah. And, and as hunters, we've got to take, put the, the onus on ourselves and make a change with that. Yeah. It, I, I, I mean, none of us are ever going to agree hundred percent with everybody else. None of us are ever going to think, you know, that ever, everybody may, the way that they hunt, we're never going to do the way hunt the way that everybody else hunts most circumstances. But yeah. just be happy they're hunting. Be happy they're legal. Be happy they bought a hunting license, and be happy they're con- contri- contributing to conservation in some way. Exactly, and that's the that's the thing. And I always say, you know, kind of a motto is high fence, low fence, no fence. I, I don't care, as long as you're out there, you're legal, and you know what a hunter knows what's ethical and what's not. Um, and that's really that's really all that matters. And and we have a common enemy, and they're powerful, and they're united. Don't make there's no mistake about that they're united and they have an agenda and uh and we need to be united too i mean that's the bottom line no 100 percent. and and there's less of them than there are us yeah it's all it, that's a farce i mean they're just they're a minority but they're a very vocal minority when hunters you know the average one of us how, how many of us are going to get out in the streets and go protest anything okay we're just not that type of people uh in general and it would take a lot. But once we did, and once we did it, it would be a big deal. And it may take that someday. And, uh, and it may be someday soon, or who knows, maybe it never happens. But I would be willing to do whatever to protect our rights and protect these animals. And I definitely went through a lot in this case, and I would go through it again if I thought it needed to to happen. And I, and I know there's a lot of other people who are even more serious about it myself. So. Yeah. we're out there well we you know the hunting community appreciates um you taking on that shouldering that responsibility uh you, you did it with class and uh, uh in, in a very public you know situation throughout the whole thing um you know we appreciate that let me just kind of wrapping things up here you've been very uh, generous with your time i did want to ask you though when you first come up on the rhino um what emotions did you experience when you laid your hands on that big bull? I was just really um, a lot of different things going through my mind, obviously, that I was glad that it was over for the rhino. I was glad that it was over, you know, relatively very quickly. And I was glad that it was, you know, that Ed was alive. So it was a different, it was, it was kind of a lot of relief actually over it. And, mm-hmm. um, Anytime you see a big animal like that, there's a certain amount of sadness because you have certain 
if you, respect. you know, elephant, rhino, these big, yeah, it's a lot of respect that you have for the animal. Mm-hmm. You can't hunt an animal like that without it, I don't think, and, or at least develop it in some degree. So a lot of things like that. Yeah. Well, hey, this is uh, the most popular hunt probably, in, no doubt about it, most popular, most publicized hunt in history. Um, and uh, like I said, we appreciate it. You, you did it with class. And uh, I guess lastly, what's next for you? You're going to uh, take some time off? and and I'm going fishing for a while, Cable. <laughs> there you go. There you go, brother. Well, hey, Corey, we certainly appreciate it. Out here, so. yeah. All right, man. All the best. You have a great day, okay? We'll do it. And there he goes, our good friend Corey Knowlton. Uh, so happy for Corey that he was finally able to wrap up that chapter of his life and uh, hunting career, for that matter. Uh, really an incredible story there and just all the hell that he went through after purchasing that hunt. Uh, glad to see it finally came full circle. And uh, like we said, CNN did a great job covering the hunt. If you haven't seen that footage, I recommend you check that out on CNN's uh, website. That segment, by the way, proudly brought to you by STI Guns. If you're looking for a new handgun, go to their website. Check out their full lineup at sticuns.com and go Texan. Go STI. Let's knock out a quick break. When we come back, some exciting news to get into from our friends over at Mossberg Firearms. We're going to give away another gun this month. We'll tell you all about that and what's new with Mossberg in 2015. Linda Powell joins us next, only on DSC's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with my good friend Craig Smith, owner of Game Guard Outdoors. And you know, Craig, Game Guard Camouflage has been concealing Texas hunters for over a decade now. And this fall, we're equally as excited about the brand new and revolutionary Gulf Coast Cooler, uh, the first modular cooler system ever to hit the market. Yeah, Cable, we're excited about it. It truly is a modular system. And now a guy doesn't have to have three or four different coolers. He can have one cooler that he can attach another one to it. We have wheel wheel attachments that snap onto the cooler to get it to and from the boat. And with a lot more attachments to follow this season. Well, we're certainly looking forward to using ours in the field this fall. And Cable, we want to we want to thank our customers again. This is our 11th season and, and uh, things just keep getting better and we appreciate every one of them. Well, we appreciate you, Craig. And for more information, y'all visit gulfcoastcooler.com. Hi, I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails Magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. BioBore EB is the premier gasoline additive that combats the negative effects ethanol has on an engine. Its comprehensive formula is designed to protect marine engines and marine environments, yet also works great in all two- and four-stroke engines. It prevents phase separation and ethanol-related engine problems while stabilizing fuel for 18 months. BioBore's detergents also clean the entire fuel system of carbon and varnishes. BioBore EB has the best treat rate in the industry. One ounce treats an amazing 15 gallons of gas. Available at your local sporting goods store or visit BioBore.com today.
Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffpair for Hoffpair's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffpair's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoffpower's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H is in Hoffpower, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoffpower's has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Just the way it is living in an old field town You work your fingers to the bone Trying to make ends meet Covered in dirt and grease From your head to your face Sam Ricks and the Night People Bringing us back on Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show Brought to you by Long Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. Cable Smith here. I appreciate you tuning in today as uh, we're about to be joined by our good friend Linda Powell of Mossberg Firearms. But first, this segment of the presentation is brought to you by Foreverlast, a Texas-based hunting and fishing company offering a unique lineup of products ideal for the outdoorsman or woman. Visit foreverlast.com to see for yourself Foreverlast, where we live hunting and fishing fishing well uh let's go ahead and bring on our next guest here uh we've proudly been shooting mossberg rifles and shotguns uh going on gosh almost four years now and it's been uh truly a blessing working with an iconic american firearms manufacturer and mossberg is always evolving always continuing to add to their already stellar lineup Uh, so we've got some Exciting new stuff for 2015, plus we've got to get into this gun that we're giving away to one of our lucky listeners here in June. So without further delay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show Mossberg's Director of Public Relations, Linda Powell. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much, Cable. It's a real pleasure to be here today. Oh, you bet. It's great to have you with us, and we've got some exciting stuff to get into this morning. But uh, first of all, how was your spring hunting season? Oh, it's been incredible. I uh, got out on a few turkey hunts and uh, fairly successful with those. And then I kind of ventured to the far north, uh, northern Alberta, and did a wood bison hunt and black bear. Um, Both of those were just wonderful experiences. I I came home unsuccessful, but, uh, uh, you know, still incredible opportunity out in the field and beautiful country and lots of animals. I think our biggest uh, Biggest issue there was they were having an extremely warm uh, spring. Mm-hmm. We had temperatures up close to 90 degrees, and so most of the uh, activity was at night. Uh, oh, you yeah. know, pretty much shut everything down, but uh, always good to get out in the field. Yes, ma'am. And now when were you in Alberta? Uh, I was actually there almost for the whole month of May. I was up for 11 days uh, in early May for the bison hunt, and then I turned around and flew back uh, about the last 10 days of May for the black bear hunt. Okay, actually was there uh, about 10 days ago for a black bear hunt, and uh, man, I tell you what, some some beautiful country up there. I'd never been in the 
uh, Canadian boreal forest before, but it was cool as a, as a passionate duck hunter to see where all these ducks are nesting. You know, every pond you drove by had a pair of nesting ducks on it. And it was, uh, you know, in addition to the, the bear hunting, that was pretty cool to see that. Well, that, you know, you, you mentioned that, and I was going to say I was just blown away by the number of species of waterfowl that I saw in the bison hunt. Uh, I saw uh, trumpeter swans. There were some pelicans. Uh, different, several different species of cranes, not to mention all the, you know, mallards and pintails. It is just a waterfowl hunter's dream. Uh, yeah. You know, I hope to go back up for that in the fall. Right on, right on. Well, I wanted to say, first of all, I've really been enjoying the uh, the 3030, and, and I saw a picture of yours of, I think it was actually a black bear you, you shot a year ago or maybe two years ago with that, with the Mossberg 3030, and, uh, that really was something that I was like, man, that's cool. I need to, I need to see if we can get our hands on one of those. But that's been, uh, I think it's the perfect gun for down here in Texas when you're just driving around the deer lease and you never know, you might see hogs or coyote or whatever. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's a short gun and it's perfect for the truck. It, it absolutely is. And, and another, uh, you know, use that a lot of people don't think about it, it makes a nice home defense gun too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's one of those that I just feel like everybody should have a, a lever action, a thirty thirty in their gun safe. No doubt. Well, hey, why don't you tell us what is new with Mossberg here in 2015? I know we've got, uh, um, well, the MVP lineup is not new. That's actually, we have a three hundred eight. love that gun. I've shot quite a few uh, deer, hogs, and, and various other animals with it. But um, we've got the Predator lineup now, and I'm going to let you talk about that. Sure. You know, the MVP lineup we introduced in 2011, and just to remind people, that's the bolt action that takes AR-style magazines. So that's a, a, you know, a groundbreaking design that no other company offers. And we started out with the Varmint version. Um, we've added quite a few now. Predator is one that we're talking about, uh, and actually we're going to give away, I guess, one for a, a lucky listener. Yes, but the the Predator's more of a compact uh, package. I, I, I kind of consider it my, my truck gun or an easy carry gun for a Predator hunter. They come with either a 20-inch standard barrel or 18-and-a-half-inch medium bull barrel, chambered in uh, 223, the 5.56, and also 308, 7.62. And they come with a, a really nice kind of gray laminate stock um, and just a real, you know, utilitarian type uh, a tool is just a great tool to have in your lineup um, and in addition to that we've also added some tactical versions of the MVP new for this year uh, a light chassis version uh, a couple of long-range versions and a scout rifle so the MVP platform is definitely one of our flagship bolt-action rifles and uh, one that's just extremely versatile oh no doubt and and I, I absolutely love the fluted barrel um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty sharp. People are always asking, is that a factory gun or is that a custom gun? And I'm like, no, this is, uh, this is brought to you by the good folks over at Mossberg. And, and you're right. You know, that's one of the things a lot of times people don't appreciate. I think many of the features that you get on Mossberg, uh, rifles are features that you normally see on higher price custom guns, but we do offer the fluted bolts, uh, fluted barrels, uh, our adjustable lightning bolt action trigger, those are all things you don't typically see on a gun at, at the price point that, you know, that our bolt actions are offered. No doubt. No doubt. Um, well, let's talk about that giveaway a little bit more in depth because we are excited to uh, be giving away the MVP Predator this month. And uh, obviously we have our, our monthly photo contest, which 
Mossberg has sponsored in the past. Um, but we're very excited about this. And, uh, you know, once again, if folks just want to email us their best hunting or fishing photo, um, I mean, that's all they have to do to be eligible. And then the cool thing is, is the listeners sort out the winner. I don't want that on my shoulders. So. <laughs> they Probably get to a good vote. idea. Yeah, they get to vote for their favorite uh, photo at the end of the month. And, and one of them's going to walk away with the, with the MVP Predator. It's chambered in 223. Perfect. It comes with the 20-inch uh, sporter fluted barrel. And, uh, again, it's just perfect for, you know, varmint predator hunting. Um, uh, just a, a great truck gun. Awesome. Well, we are certainly excited about that and the uh, and the Predator lineup uh, in general. Um, I did also want to talk about very quickly the the Patriot lineup as well, and uh, and I'm actually about to get my hands on one of those and can't wait uh, to to check out this uh, this part of the Mossberg lineup. Well, I'm really excited about the Patriot. I, as you know, I'm an avid hunter and. I felt like that was the one thing that we were kind of missing from our lineup, a true classic hunting rifle. And I think the Patriot's definitely going to uh, to fit that niche. Um, nothing wrong with our previous bolt actions, the 4x4 and the ATR, but what we really did was listen to our customers and the features they liked about those particular guns. And we incorporated those into the Patriot. And what's new about the Patriot, though, is a truly redesigned classic hunting stock very reminiscent of the Winchester Model 70 when you when you pick it up and look at it. Um, it's available in walnut, laminate, and synthetic. And then we also redesigned the bolt handle. It's more streamlined and angled uh, differently than our previous, and also a new bolt knob. And this provides greater clearance if you have a larger hand or maybe wearing gloves. You know, sometimes when you kind of had your gun mounted and you had your hand there under the bolt, on the 4x4, the ATR, it was easy to kind of lift it up out of battery and not even be aware of it because there was just the way the bolt was angled. So we redesigned that now. Um, Again, they come with fluted barrels, 22-inch, 11 different calibers from 22 to 50 up to 375 Ruger, which is a first for us. We're in that big game category now. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, you know, synthetic walnut laminates and also matte blue or marine coat finishes on the metalwork. So we've, we've also not forgotten about, you know, our, our younger hunters and shooters. We offer our, our super bantam models with adjustable length of pull. Um, and so, you know, I think there's really truly a Patriot uh, bolt-action rifle there for, for every hunter and shooter. No doubt. No doubt about it. Exciting stuff there as well. Um well, hey, I, I did want to say just before uh, we let you go here that I want to put a little a bug in folks here because we'll have another giveaway coming up in September for uh, for all the waterfowlers just right in time for, for duck season. And I think we've got another a, a Duck Commander uh, Signature Series uh, semi-auto for that as well. We, we do. You'll have to look forward to hearing more about that. This is actually our DC Pro Series. So we've really um, enhanced uh, the functionality on these guns by treating the internal parts um, with with additional finishing and protective coatings. So for that hardcore waterfowl hunter, this is truly the gun they're going to want to look at, and that's going to be our 930 DC Pro Series. Awesome. Well, hey, Linda, we certainly appreciate uh, you joining us today and and obviously everything that uh, Mossberg has to offer the hunter or shooter out there. Uh, we are certainly thrilled to uh, to be working with such a 
a uh, iconic American gunmaker. Thank you so much, Cable. I really appreciate your support too, and uh, enjoy the summer months and as we get ready for fall hunting seasons. All right. Will you take care? Thank you. All right. There she goes, avid huntress and media relations director for Mossberg Firearms, Linda Powell. Uh, always great talking with her, and uh, you know, most of the time when we talk with Linda, it means one of y'all is going to win a gun. So <laughs> great stuff as always uh, with our friends at Mossberg. Uh, that segment, by the way, was proudly brought to you by Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue and Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the lake this summer and celebrate tight lines and full stringers with an ice-cold Lone Star Beer. Um, man, look at the time here. we got to go. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. I tell you what, thanks to Linda as well as our other guest today, uh, of course, Corey Knowlton, we appreciate him uh, giving us the exclusive on his black rhino hunt, the much-publicized black rhino hunt that took place last month in Namibia. Also, uh, Charles Whited of Barefoot Fishing Tours. Always great checking in and talking big bass with Charles. Uh, we will do it again, same time, same place, next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. We couldn't do it without their support. Thanks to you, the listener for being a part of Dallas Safari Club's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. I'm not acting like myself lately Doing things that I don't Not sure why, but you want to hate me